This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, and welcome back to the Young Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie Aaron of Aaron Iron and Steel. It's good to have you. We're back in the studio recording another episode with my fantastic, distinguished guest today. And my guest today is a real special one, you guys. Now, I want you all to close your eyes and think, who are all the young teenage knife makers you can think of? All right, this is, it's a pretty small group. Now, pick out how many of them are girls? What? Yeah, that's right. My guest today is Karis Fisher. She is a female teenage knife maker. You don't see that very often, but hopefully this will raise some awareness that it's actually possible. Mind blown. And we'll see some more of them. So, Karis, how are you today? I'm good. Yeah, no no worries. That was That was one heck of an introduction. Um, my, it's better than my first one. This is our second time recording this beginning of the episode because someone's internet cut out and we... So we're restarting it, which is probably for the best because my original, like, intro to the episode was one of the worst ever. Uh, so my internet really had my back on that one. And then this introduction was a little bit over the top, but hopefully you guys liked it. Um... So, Karis, do you want to just tell them a little bit about yourself and, you know, who you are, what you do kind of deal? Yeah, so my name is Karis Fisher, like you said. I'm a female maker. I've been doing it for a few years now. I've always worked in the shop with my dad. He's a journeyman smith. But I make mostly carbon steel blades, and I've just been trying to get into different areas of the trade, but that's about it. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, I know I haven't been doing very much in my shop this week. You know, it's been a it's been a slow one. It's our my first full week back at school, and I'm taking some pretty advanced classes. I'm working towards graduating early, actually, just so that I can, you know, get to doing some more fun work and not sitting in math class so much. So, you know, I'm really pushing hard for the next two years that I get an extra year, and it's going to be. A little bit slow in the knife shop though so I've got lots of homework and I've only been in the shop yesterday when I um, tested out for the first time I've never done it the dowel method for fitting up a hidden tang handle and I think I messed it up we'll find out today when I try and profile it because I put a sort of indicator pin a hidden pin to stop any twisting or anything around the dowel and I think it's too close to the edge so We'll find out today, though. But, Karis, what have you been doing in your shop? Well, I've, been, I've mostly been working on, like, a big um, frame-handled fighter I'm going to be testing for my JS with next year in um, at Blade Show. But I took a break from that, and I made a small little full-tang EDC hunter, and then I drew up a couple of hunters that I'll be working on probably soon. That's awesome. Sounds like you're getting some uh, actual work done, unlike somebody around here. <laughs> a little bit but it's all good it's all good it's you know i just look forward to the weekends a lot more and i appreciate my shop time especially now that i'm not in the shop and you're back at school yeah, now we've been too back, right we've been back for this is our fourth week i think so oh, we've been wow. back for a while so you guys start in like what end of july 
uh, right at the beginning of August, I think, was this year. It's like three or four weeks. I'm, I can't think of the day. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I had so, classes all summer for, like, dual credit classes and college stuff. Oh, sweet. Those are... Yeah, I need... Actually, I'm in one of those right now. I'm in European history class, which is a real blast. But they've been talking about the Renaissance art and stuff, and it's really been really been making me want to try and make nice things I guess but I don't know if I'll ever get to renaissance master level but we'll see (laughs) so Karis I know you gave us a quick introduction to who you are but I'd really I know you said your dad is a journeyman smith and so I'm sure there's an interesting story about you know how you got into knife making and you know take us all the way back and let's let's hear your whole story well my dad he got his JS about in 2012, his name's Josh Fisher. Um, I don't know if anybody knows him or not, but he's always, I mean, I've always been in the shop with him, just sitting there and watching him work, and he'd let me sand on knives and stuff from, like, age, like, three or four or so. I remember there's pictures of me holding up little pieces of metal that I thought were knives back then, but about 2010, I joined the, J- or the ABS because I wanted to work towards being the youngest journeyman smith, but that didn't happen, but... That's about that's how I got started. It's a little different than most people, just because I've always had a background in knives. Well, yeah, it sounds like a pretty sweet uh, situation for you there. And so, did he did he make you come into the shop, or did you just like to be there? No, I always just enjoyed sitting there and watching him work. So, I've, I always just sit out there. Even now, if I'm not working, I'll go sit out there and watch. Wow, that's awesome. It's um, it's like my backstory on steroids, cause my dad and my grandpa are welders, so I'd, you know, sometimes they'd bring me home like just blocks of steel that they told me to play with and stuff, but you know, never knives. Yeah. So that must be nice for you, and I bet it's an interesting dynamic working in a shop with him, and you yeah, know, having that shop set up. It's really nice, yeah, cause I mean, I haven't ever had to get any tools myself or anything it's always been just started out with everything I needed do you ever wish that you had to start from you know start with like files and stuff or you just Uh, like it I mean it's nice having all the tools it would have been it's it's always cool to say you know I've started with files and just worked my way up to this point but I've always it's nice having everything you know you don't have to go back to that yeah, I'm sure it's a little bit more fun than sitting there for... I know my first knife that I ground the bevels on, I took a big pipeliners file and I set up a filing jig and I filed the bevels and I got bored of it and never finished that knife. Yeah, we we started so out... it's... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, we started out with like a... It wasn't... We had a single speed grinder and so that's how kind of how we stepped up was a variable speed and it's been... got simpler like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's always a progression. Um, any power hammers, or you guys are still forging by hand? We forge by hand. We do have a press, but he's been wanting to get himself a power hammer. I think that'd be nice because my arms get pretty tired pretty quick forging. Yeah, yeah, mine too. I know. I s- sometimes I try and use the four-pound hammer, and I I don't forge enough to work my way up to big hammers like that. Especially yeah. knives. It doesn't take that long to forge a knife, really. 
and no, so you know you see people like I had Jonah Conrad on the show and he makes hammers and he says sometimes he'll grab a six or seven pound sledgehammer to you know knock the knock the drift through the eye and uh, can't imagine that yeah I can I think mine's like a two pound or two and a half pound it's real light yeah that's what I like to use too definitely for knives you don't need anything big the you know precision is a little bit more important mm-hmm, yeah definitely and you do much different knives from what I like to do I know I do a lot of you know I'm very inspired by Japanese knives I've always been really just in awe of them and then so I do a lot of uh, chef's knives, cooking knives, and whatnot. But I've seen you do a lot more like hunting, and yeah, you said you're working on a frame handled. What was that? A hunter. It's so. a fighter. Yeah. Oh, a fighter. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, is that just you know Texas? I guess there's probably lots of hunting and stuff around there. You guys do a lot of that. Yeah, I do. I, I hunt quite a bit. I really enjoy hunting, but I think we have more of a Tim Hancock style background you know and it's kind of I've, I've always wanted to get into kitchen knives and make something similar to that but never have really gotten around to it well you know honestly I think that and people will everyone's probably going to disagree with me this is an unpopular opinion but for me I think that kitchen knives are easy easier because the reason that I originally started doing kitchen style knives is because you don't need a sharp bevel or a plunge line. And so grinding on a 4x36 is not set up for any type of, you know, plunge grind or a sharp, you know, distinct bevel. And so chef's knives were really attractive for me as something where you can do a full flat or, you know, brute to forge and you just have just this nice transition into it. And honestly, I have no idea how to grind hunting knives or anything like that. I haven't tried yet. So yeah, I'd I like to try like- some of that too. I feel like kitchen knives would be difficult. They're so thin and everything, and just hard to grind them. I guess just what we're used to. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a background thing. But I'm definitely one of those kitchen knife makers that has no idea how to use a kitchen knife, and it shows. So <laughs> I just try and watch. I try and watch things like Perfection and stuff on YouTube, and they talk about you know what makes good kitchen knives, and then, and then I try and um, put that into mine. But I suppose you, because you hunt and stuff, you know what you look for in a knife like that. Yeah, a little bit. I've I've never really used any of my own knives. I've always carried one of my dad's, but I have always carried a knife hunting and everything, so I guess it does help out. Yeah, some understanding of how the tool is used. (laughs) But let's get into, you know, this is the Young Makers podcast, and so I always like to touch on uh, sort of a, what distinguishes us from your average adult maker and so my favorite way of doing that is what are some challenges and advantages of being young you know what are the things that that are different that we have to deal with or get to deal with as young people and so I'd like to start you know any challenges that you see being young well I don't really think the challenges differ too much from adults you know I've had a few over the years just time and getting in the shop after school and it's difficult. I know when I was younger I, I was smaller so I really couldn't reach any of the tools and I'd be on step ladders and stuff to actually use any of them but I don't think it's too much different. Oh yeah. There's one that I just thought of a couple of days ago 
when I was I was buying some welding gloves and I finally found some that fit. You know, now I'm starting to become pretty close to adult sized. I'm I'm 15 year old guy, you know, I'm as big as some adults and so I can finally find like gloves and PPE and stuff that fits, but I know that when I was little I couldn't find anything. They were all so baggy and stuff like that. Yeah, that was always a struggle to find masks that fit me in the shop. Hmm. They were so big on me and stuff. Yeah, so just sheer size is something that you have to deal with if you're, especially if you start out really young. Like I was, I was 12, so it wasn't too, too bad for me. But, you know, you hear about some kids that start out when they're like 10 or 11 and then I'm sure they have a tough time. I was around 10 when I started out, so that's pretty small. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty small. I I was just babysitting right before school started. Um, What, it's a nine-year-old and, I don't know, the other girl, it was these sisters, and maybe the younger one was like seven or eight, seven or something, but they were so little, and I remember being that little and uh, realizing that I was almost making knives when I was that size, so it's, it was a bit of a surreal thing for me. Yeah. I have and imagining them making knives. Yeah, I always to, my, my little brother always tries to get out there, and I help him a little bit, but it's he is small, and I was realizing I was about his age when I started. It's a little bit of a weird realization. Yeah, it is, definitely. Um. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I remember myself, and I probably was, yeah, again, like 12 or something, and I was making rings out of nickels at my grandparents' house, and he has this big, like, 500-pound welding table with a big vise on it and whatnot, and it was so tall I could barely, like, see over it, so I climbed up on it, and I was sitting on the table hammering out, you know, upsetting the edge of the nickel to make a ring, and, you know, all this talking about being small is reminding me of being little like that. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. forging in the kitchen. Oh, really? I've never forged in the kitchen. It's always been in the shop. No, just once, then we had to shut that down. <laughs> they didn't badly? Yeah, well, the f- you can still see where I was doing it on the floor, that's for sure. But overall, it was pretty good. It was a pretty fun time. Yeah. But then that brings us into the advantages, and I think there are a lot more advantages to being and starting young than there is, you know, the struggles. Obviously, there's some hurdles you have to jump over, and all the hurdles are too tall because you're, you know, three feet tall, but there's a lot of advantages, too, and I'd be curious to hear what you think. Yeah, there is definitely a lot more advantages like, I've had always had people who, you know, want to help out the younger generation of makers. They're more likely to give you tips and tricks and stuff and all their secrets. But and I've always had people who want to buy younger makers' work and stuff like that. But it's definitely more than, more cha- more than their challenges. Yeah, I definitely agree. That was... That's something that I see a lot too in the knife making community in particular because I don't know a lot about other types of makers although I'd like to and if you're a young maker that does something else shoot me a DM because I'd love to have you on the show but you know the knife making community definitely is you know super open to sharing information especially to young people and it really does help a lot. They are and it's always nice to go to shows and just get everybody else's opinions and have them help you out you know. 
Do you ever find that people don't want to tell you, like, critiques? I haven't. I've heard of people who say they have they can't get any help or anything or their any tricks they use, but I've never had that problem. Well, I mean, like people, uh, people not wanting to tell you things that you did wrong. No, I've always so you ask somebody for a critique and they're gonna help you out. I've I've never had them not. But usually okay. they're pretty helpful. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been to any shows yet, so I guess I don't. Not really an expert on that. I'd love to though. I, that's a challenge as a young maker for me is I can't uh, travel myself to go to shows and stuff like that. Um, yeah, shows are always nice. I've always gone to them with my dad and everything, and there's just everybody's there showing their knives off, and they all understand the processes and everything, and it's just it's a really cool experience. Yeah, I bet. I know I turn 16 next summer, and then I can drive so. I'll be driving all around to all the shows. Is is there if any COVID shows? COVID is over. Is there any shows up where y'all are? Or do you uh, nothing like Blade Show. Yeah. Um I don't know where Great Lakes Knife Show is, if that's in Ontario or down south. But you know, there's and like Big Sky Conference was pretty close to me. I think that would have been an eight hour drive or something. Montana borders Alberta here. Yeah. But there's not a lot. I know I went to a, a blacksmith supply shop the other day that's going to start doing some classes and stuff, but it's, again, not the same. Yeah. So, no, nothing nothing quite so big. Yeah, Blade Show is a big show. It's nice to go up there every year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I guess we've established that, you know, being a young maker can be a little bit tricky, but it's definitely worth it. Yes, it is. And so that brings me into why do you make knives? Like, what about knives keeps you coming back through all the hard work? Because it's not easy to make a knife, that's for sure. But no. there's got to be something about it that makes and drives you to do it. No, it's definitely not easy, but I really, I've, I always enjoy the process. It's kind of, there's steps that are, you know, satisfying. Like, as much as I dislike the entire hand finishing process it's kind of nice to sit there and work on it and I really like how when you finish it's something you created with yourself and you know somebody's going to use it and it's just I like the final products yeah so for you is it process or product that's more important uh probably final product the process can get a little bit tiring at sometimes finishing and hand sanding and stuff like that Okay, that's interesting, because I get a lot of people saying they enjoy the process the most, but I know I'm a product-oriented person as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big, a big divide between makers, is people that do it just because they enjoy working through the steps, and people that just like looking at what they've done. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if there's a difference, a fundamental difference in the work being made versus product versus process. I... I have no idea. That's just, ooh, that's just an idea, or something that just popped into my head right now. <laughs> yeah. So you're in the shop, and you've always been. You know, anytime you've been in the shop, your dad has usually been around, and he's a pretty well-known maker. He's, you know, a journeyman smith. He is. He makes really nice stuff, and he's pretty well known and established in the community. So, have you? 
you know, had any trouble trying to establish yourself as, you know, Karis Fisher and not as Josh Fisher's daughter? You know, not too bad. It's been, like, it's been nice to know everybody knows him, and so they all know me and everything. That is nice about it, but I've never had too big of a problem. But No, you... And you've, you know, you've obviously... Well, I don't know about obviously, but I think I've seen on your Instagram and stuff, you've started and you sell your work, and it's beautiful. It definitely is saleable quality. You know, that's something we talk about uh, on the show sometimes is how can you tell when your work is ready to be sold? But that's not what this question is about. I'm wondering, you know, how have you changed since you've transitioned from just playing around in your dad's shop to, you know, selling your work and into a business? Well, I was, at first I was really slow, and so I started to speed up, and that's when I started, like, an Instagram account. I don't really have, I don't have a website yet or anything else, but I always post stuff on Instagram, and I started taking a few orders, although I eventually like to just make what I want to make, have an inventory, and sell those. But I probably need to do more for my business. I don't, probably don't do enough, you know. Yeah. And getting away from custom orders is something I hear a lot of knife makers talk about. Um, and it's something that I want to do too. I know I have a couple orders and, you know, the orders that I'm working on, I, you know, I've sort of lost interest in the project. And so it's hard for me to get into the shop and work on that. And if I work on something else, I feel guilty. So it's something yeah, that I'd like to way. avoid. And I'm sure. Tr- yeah. So custom orders are definitely you know a trap that it's very easy to step into and it's sort of important like you know at the beginning you're not going to have a customer base just waiting to buy whatever you have you know they want what they want and until you've until people just want something with your name on it you sort of have to make what they want yeah and until you get um, your own style and everything i do have to make custom orders but. yeah but customer and it's tough to get away from it then once you have 50 of them piled up waiting for you and it's I try scary not to, to get that many <laughs> and I wish I got that many I have I have a couple though I'm busy enough I have two enough, or three and then I usually close my books until I finish those Oh yeah I haven't had enough interest I suppose you have some inherent interest again because of your dad you get a little bit of a little bit of attention almost from yeah, the community Yeah a little bit have everybody Although, I gotta say, you... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, you You know, I'm not trying to be one of those people that's, like, jealous of someone getting attention. You definitely, you know, deserve it. You're not just... Your knives are very nice, but... Thank you. No, go ahead, what you were gonna say. Oh, well, I lost my train of thought. Oh, you go ahead. No worries. But... You know, I have a couple orders piled up, too, and I was really scared at the beginning of uh, turning someone down. But I've yeah. done a couple times where people just don't want to pay what I'm asking for my knives. And at this point, I've sort of lost that fear of losing customers because I have enough. Yeah, and I, I just hope that mean. it doesn't dry up, I guess. Yeah, I always am nervous about scaring someone off. But I can always just make it and post it on my Instagram and see if it'll sell like that. Yeah. And, you know, transitioning from custom work to 
just selling what you've got is also scary because when you get a custom order you make something and as you're working on it you have this peace of mind of yeah this is gonna sell for this much when it's done but you know when you're working on something with no customer in mind it's it's gotta and I don't know I haven't done this yet but it's probably scary at first not knowing where this knife is gonna go or if it's gonna sit there for months and you have no money you know yeah that's that's always how I am uh I haven't had too bad of luck posting it up yet, but we'll see if it slows down. It hadn't slowed down too bad with COVID or nothing yet, so it should be it's going pretty good. Yeah, that's good to hear. I think most knife makers have said COVID hasn't affected them too much, but then there's a few, and I wonder why that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. So you said you got a lot faster as you started to pick up and start, you know, production. Are there... What type of changes have you had to make to your workflow as you sped up a little bit? Or work changes to help you speed up? It's really, I was slow just because I wasn't getting enough time out there. Once I, I just kind of set up everything else aside and started working out there more often, it really sped me up. I learned a lot quicker and got a lot faster. I think that would be the most thing is just learning the process is better. Oh yeah, so time. Yeah, I think I noticed that too when we got five months off of school. So I was, you know, I was done my homeschool at like noon every day and I'd get to work all day. Um, but then when you're, yeah, when you're not in there, those skills don't grow so fast, do they? No, and you lose It's definitely something I noticed. Yeah, and this summer I definitely, you know, picked up. You get going in summer and you pick up a lot. Yeah, you do. So, Summers are always nice. Yeah. For sure. And I'm expecting, I'm fully expecting school to shut down in a month or two once flu season comes. So I don't feel too bad being at school right now and missing out on a, a little shop time because I think that school experience is important. And, you know, having one friend is probably a good thing. Uh, yeah. Not just being in the shop all day because I know if I didn't have to go to school, I don't think I'd talk to anybody. So Yeah, I'm probably the same school's way. School's probably important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I had someone comment, my mom was listening to the show, and she said, all these young makers are such serious kids. You know, we're not just fooling around here. We're we're so serious. Yeah. Um, I'm a pretty quiet person, but I guess when people get to know me, I'm, I'm not so serious then. Yeah. I think I became socially awkward this summer. I spent so much time in in the shop. I got to school and forgot how to talk to people. That's how I am, and, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge of being a young maker is social awkwardness. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest one. challenges. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's a lot of time in the shop. And on a more serious note, it's also a big like part of your being almost is, you know, like that that work that you do is very important to most of us that do this. And then it's you can't really find unless you're very lucky i know i seen some some kids i can't remember their instagrams but they were getting together and they live close together and they forge but um it's something that you can't relate with all your friends and it's something it's a you know part of you that you'll always sort of be missing and that you can't relate to other people almost if that makes sense some, some of my friends they think it's a little strange definitely being like a female maker I think it's 
different, you know. Yeah. Do you talk about it a lot with friends, or are you just sort of, what did you do this weekend? Oh, nothing. Whenever I first started, I didn't really mention it as much, just because they all thought it was so, you know, weird and stuff, but now they all know me, and they'll all know that I make it, and follow me on Instagram, and they're a lot more comfortable with it now. And so I talk about it to them and stuff. Oh, yeah. Some of my friends like to shout it out in class. They'll be like, oh, you'll have to, you know, for this project in design studies or something, you'll have to make a logo and someone behind will shout, Aaron Iron and Steel, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, stuff. I always have, always have caris.fisher.knives. Everybody always says that about my Instagram. Yeah, go follow, go follow. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty funny. I just funny. put the dots in there for spaces, but they all found it pretty funny. Yeah, people people seem to like it, or they think it's weird, and then you can't talk to them. But anyone that thinks knives are weird, I don't want to talk to, anyways. Yeah, that's that's about that's how I think too. So, you are working in a in a very you know I'm assuming it's a pretty well set up shop, especially. Because your dad's been going for a while. So I, you said you have everything you need. Um, how much Do you have to buy many tools for yourself? Like, you know, when you want something or you just su- subtly suggest that uh, it might be something cool to have around? Well, I'm trying to get all my own hand tools and stuff like that so that eventually I can have my own shop and all my own tools. But I guess hand tools are somewhere small to start. So I usually just get them myself because he's already has all his. So he's not going to buy them for me. You know, but yeah. So, what's the next tool on the list for you then? Uh, really, just any type of hand tools, I guess. File guides, even files, and just handle brooches and stuff like that, just to make it quicker for me and I'm not always in his way using his stuff. Yeah, a file guide and a handle brooch is my next. Once I get the money from these knives, I'm going on Alex Steel Co. and buying those because they've got them both together. Yeah, those are definitely nice things to use. I'm excited. Or I want to buy a hammer from Jonah Conrad. I have, my hammer came from Fair and Forge, and I I really love that thing. It's really nice. I've been using that one. Well, at the blacksmith supply place I went to, they had, you know, some Ethan Hardy hammers and some from a guy in Texas. I can't remember his name, but it made me realize, like, I definitely can't be buying, you know, mass-produced hammers. You got to support other blacksmiths and stuff. So I've decided, I made a solemn vow to myself that I will yeah. buy handmade hammers and tongs and stuff as much as possible. I do need some tongs. So, this would be nice to have some more of those. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I've been using one pair of tongs for the last three years, so I guess it's time for yeah, an upgrade. Yeah, time for some new ones. <laughs> yeah. They're good, though. I, I ordered those off Amazon when I first started, and they've held up really well, actually. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. But from now on, I'll try and buy handmade as much as possible. You know? Handmade's always nice, yeah. Practice what you preach. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think it's important for us to support other people in the in the craft and in the trade. Mm-hmm, yeah. It is always good to help support and everything. Yeah. Alright, well, 
You mentioned that, you know, outside of knife making, you obviously do school and, you know, some hunting and stuff. What other, you know, who are you outside of the shop? I do, I play a lot of sports. I play basketball, golf, and then uh, I really like to run, especially after this quarantine and everything. I really did get a lot of time to run and get some more distance in, you know. And I'm, I've been, we've been getting gear to go hiking. I've never really backpacked before, but I want to, after I graduate, hike the Appalachian Trail. And so that's what we've been doing a lot lately is getting backpacking stuff. Oh, yeah, that's all good stuff. Definitely. I like, I like a lot of physical activity and stuff, too. Especially mm-hmm. since I started knife making, I don't play video games anymore. I've never and really so played I've had lots of video games, but it's always been outside. Oh, yeah. Well, I lived in the city, too, but then, so, you know, there's less outside stuff, and then when I started knife-making it, you know, all that video game time just lost interest to me, so now I do sports and knives. Yeah. And school. Yeah. And all that's very good. Um, and then, what's what's next for you? You know, what are your future plans for building a business and stuff you want to make do you want to branch out from knives or are you pretty focused on that and you know all that all the future ideas I'm pretty focused on knives I did try some jewelry out a couple month or two ago and I just just really didn't have as much luck with it didn't really sell any so I think I'm gonna stick with knives eventually I want to have my own shop you know and get all my own tools and that's that's gonna be a big expense but that's what I want to at least get to yeah and how close are you to graduating? I'm a junior this year, so I have one more year after this. Okay. Yeah, me too. So I'm already starting to think about putting a little money away for a shop and figuring out school and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, the future is starting to loom up pretty pretty big ahead of ahead of us, I guess. Yes, it is, definitely. And I want to... Yeah, there's um, definitely a lot of stuff. I can't focus on one thing. So I've I bought a couple woodworking magazines, and now I'm all of a sudden all excited about trying to get into hand tool woodworking a little bit. And I think that's a nice one, to, like a nice way for me to get into woodwork, just because I can dedicate a small part of my shop and you know get one bench and one wall of tools and call it good for sort of a rudimentary woodworking setup jewelry always interests me i can't wait to try it like even like raising silver cups and stuff sounds like so much fun so i don't know if i'll be able to focus on knives i just want to make everything yeah i made the for that i made the damascus jewelry and it was it was fun it was a nice break but i have it posted on etsy and stuff but i'm not doing a ton of it right now Hmm. i actually had issues with etsy where I couldn't seem to link my bank account, so I sold a couple forged things, and I don't think I ever got the money. Oh, really? And so I just sort of deleted Etsy and (laughs) forgot about it. Yeah. I haven't sold anything yet, so let's hope I don't have that problem on there. I haven't had it too long yet. Yeah. I think they, like, have it set up so that if if something like that happens, you can fix it, but I took so long to notice it that I think my window for, you know, for, um raising a claim or something like that is closed 
Yeah. And it was pretty cheap stuff. It was like 20 bucks, but... Yeah, that's kind of how my jewelry is. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm just letting it sit on there until eventually it sells. Yeah, it costs like two cents a month or something. It's really not yeah. a big deal. No, it's not. So yeah, I, I liked Etsy to try and sell a couple first things, but now all my sales are through Instagram. That's how most of mine are, yeah. Instagram is a big portion of everything. Yeah, it was. it's a really powerful tool. And once I got one sale, then they started to come in. Yeah, and Instagram, it's really good for, it's like a lot of knife people on it, more than most other social media accounts, it seems to me. Oh, really? I only have Instagram, so I'm not, I don't really know about it, but. Yeah. I actually refused to get Instagram for a long time, just for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah, I still, I still call mine a business account. It's not a personal. That's, that's how like, I call it to all my friends. And that's how, I tell them it's a business account. Yeah, I tell them don't, don't bother me. <laughs> like I, I've always had a problem with anything that's popular, with kids my age for some reason. Like all the popular rap music, I refuse to listen no, to it I for don't years. Listen. I'm all country, never any rap music. Oh. I live in Alberta, so we love country music here. But I can't, <laughs> I can't <laughs> listen to country music. Yeah. It's an unpopular opinion here for sure, though. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm in Texas, but everybody else listens to the rap and everything, and I'm like, I always listen to country. They think it's mm. strange. Uh, I just disagree with anything popular. Like, I I won't, I refuse to get TikTok. I'm sure there's lots of interesting things on person. there, but I refuse to get it. Yeah, I'm not a TikTok person. I, I, don't, I don't know why people enjoy that. Uh, and, you know, I think it's something weird for me. And maybe other, I don't know if other young makers, if it's a young maker thing or I'm just a weirdo, but I think instead of rebelling against my parents, like most teenagers do, I think I'm just rebelling against everybody else my age. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like, I'm I'm chill with my parents. I'm nice and, you know, like, I don't, I don't, like, talk back or anything and it have a good relationship but then with people my age I won't do anything they like yeah I'm pretty much the same way huh so maybe I'm not a weirdo we're all just weirdos <laughs> yeah that's there great we go. <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better yeah so I'm getting pretty close to the end of my uh, magical list of questions here but I would like to open it up to you um, is there is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners or any you know nugget of wisdom you have? I mean, if you can ever if you find a mentor, you know take the critique they give you and it, it it'll definitely help you out. And something my dad always tells me, and I know people have told him over the years, is if you see a mistake, fix it. Don't just hope that it nobody else sees it. Just if you see it, they're gonna see it, so fix it. But that's about it. Oh, that's pretty good. Usually people have no wisdom. Um, I don't, I sure don't. I don't know. I've, I expected you to not have anything, so I would be okay saying nothing, and now I feel, I feel like the worst host ever. <laughs> well, that's too bad, guys. No wisdom for you today, but I hope you've had a fantastic time listening to this episode. I know we've had a great time recording it. So... 
This will be coming out Tuesday, just like every episode that of the Young Makers podcast. It's every Tuesday on the Makery Network and all major streaming services. Definitely, after you're done listening to this and all of the other episodes of Young Makers podcast, which I know you've listened to, check out the other shows on the Makery. They're made for makers just like you. So, you know, Knife Talk started it all, then you've got... Lots of other fantastic shows. I have an episode of, with me on the Work For It podcast with Brian House. Check that out. You know, there's tons of fantastic ones dropping. I think it is every day of the week now, or almost every day. But there's lots of fantastic shows, so definitely check them out. And, you know, thanks for listening. Until next time, keep making, keep listening. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.